Podcast One. In March of this year, music schools all over the world closed, some forever. Others moved across to Zoom. Then there was the one music school owner out of New York who made what turned out to be the greatest business decision of his life. It's an eardrum-bursting episode 526 of the 11-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I said, welcome to Small Business Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing rock and roll. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner and you are so ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful, beautiful business of yours into the empire that it absolutely deserves to be. That's why I do this podcast for you. Big episode today. New York-based music teacher and longtime listener Mike Grande shares how he killed Zoom. <laughs> Very interesting story, that one. This week's Monster Prize Draw winner got himself on TV and some significant coverage thanks to an idea picked up from this show. Plus, I let you in on next week's guest, whose COVID-19-inspired pivot, most overused word of 2020, has been the best business decision he and his wife have ever made. As per usual team, there's marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Hey Timbo, it's Josh from Seagull Milk. Just wanted to give you a quick little rundown of the podcast that I got on with you a few weeks ago. Um, Yeah, the results have been amazing, man. Like, I've had so many orders come through. Um, I just wanted to share that so many people have reached out to us, um, contacting us, wanting to support to get our sunscreen in their stores. We've had people wanting me to come on other podcasts, a whole bunch of different range of things. And I just wanted to personally thank you for the impact the podcast interview with you has made and the amount of inspiration that's come back and the feedback that's come back from people and how they're inspired. All right, thanks, Timbo. We'll be in contact soon, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, have a great day. Love you, man. Bye. Oh, Joshy, I love you too, mate. What a lovely message. That's past guest Josh Appitz, Seagull Milk. Uh, young entrepreneur, 17-year-old guy. What a lovely thing to do. He's called the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline and left that message. Um, it kind of reinforces what I keep telling you guys. Get interviews in the media. It will do amazing things uh, for your confidence. It'll help you articulate your message. And for Josh, got him more orders, got him interviews on other podcasts. It's built his profile. I love it. Josh, thank you for leaving that message. Um, everyone else, give us give us a buzz to the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline, 0480-015-150. Don't stress. I won't pick up. It's a recorded message from me, and you get to leave a message to me. Could be a message, could be a question, could be some feedback, could be some constructive criticism. Whatever it is, give us a buzz. 0480-015-150. So, music teacher Mike Grande has built two successful music schools, one in New York, and more recently, he spent six hundred and fifty grand building one in New Jersey. Must be a rather impressive music school. Uh, then, like so many businesses around the world, Mike was forced to close his doors in March of this year thanks to COVID-19. Now, here's where it gets interesting. 
Whilst most music teachers jumped across to Zoom, Mike accelerated the production of his own virtual music lesson portal called Rock Out Loud. Following eight weeks of testing amongst music teachers and music schools all over the world, that's a smart idea in itself, Rock Out Loud finally launched as a fully functional music teaching platform just four months ago. Now, let me describe the interface. It's not dissimilar to Zoom, where you can see, hear, and chat to whoever's on the call, but what sets it apart is that it's tailor-made for music teachers and it gives them access to like 15 terabytes of sheet music as well as the ability to visually show every chord formation possible, which I understand is quite important if you're a muso. And the audio quality compared to Zoom is profoundly noticeable, so much so that Mike created has created a dedicated website proving it. Uh, you can go over to ikilledzoom.com and hear for yourself. And how's this? It's already being used in 95 countries, this is after four months, 95 countries by over 2,500 music schools and teachers paying to teach over 30,000 lessons a week. It's such an awesome story of very quick growth. Here's Mike describing what it's like to be running a business in New York in the middle of this terrible pandemic. It's certainly not easy. The way things have been running in New York and New Jersey has been crazy. But uh, this is, I think, the ultimate pivot that anybody could have possibly made in my space anyway, because in March, we all closed. All the music schools and the dance schools and the karate schools, they closed. Um, And then coming into something like this virtual music lesson portal, which is literally three three years in the making. And coincidentally, about a month ago, my patent from the United States finally went through. That's how long it took. But to have COVID-19 bring it all to fruition, is it it couldn't have happened at a better time, but it it couldn't have been the worst thing to happen. So, Mike, describe your business pre-COVID-19, because you had a bricks and mortar music school. You were building another one. Just describe how you built that business and, and what it was just before COVID hit in March. I'd like to to start with saying congratulations. I'm the most successful failure in music you're ever going to meet, Timbo Reed. Um, and uh, I started this music school stuff about uh, 16, 17 years ago, opened up my first place in New York, loved it. Uh, I was doing well, decided to open up a second one and take everything that I've learned from my first business, whether listening to podcasts, reading tons of books, finding mentors and learning more about social media or opening up the Disneyland, Disney world of rock and roll music schools in the state of New Jersey, which was in November, I saved up uh, $650,000 um, and in November 2nd, 2019, we opened up shop. It was an amazing grand opening. We uh, were signing up students 20, 30 a month, which for a brand new business in a brand new state was really good. And then four and a half months later, we closed down and we have no more business. So that's what it was like starting out 16 years ago to now. So was your intention, Mike, then to always run face-to-face bricks and mortar music schools was the idea of having something virtual like you've created with Rock Out Loud just not something you were considering? That's a great question. I, about two and a half years ago, I was on a, a very big fan of you. He's a very big fan. His name is Danny Thompson, Music Lesson Business Academy. He had me on his podcast and he actually said he went out and had a drink with you one day. Mate, we, we love Danny. He's a very long-time listener and uh, an awesome guy. Yeah, he got me turned on to you, Timbo. So uh, if I can call you Timbo now that I'm on your podcast. Go for it. 
<laughs> so long story short was I was on his podcast and I said, the future is virtual lessons because really you want to have the ability to, if you want to learn bluegrass or even blues guitar and you want to go from New York to say Nashville and you want that specialized education, why not use a really good virtual platform? And there was none. Zoom is platform as a platform for, you know, business meetings and PowerPoint presentations and board directors, not for music lessons. So about two and a half years ago, three years ago, I set out to do just that. So I was probably about, I want to say maybe four fifths done with this entire project around March. And by April, it was complete. But this has been something that I've been saying for years. The years for future is going to be virtual music lessons. Specialized knowledge is king. If I wanted to learn how to speak French, I just go to, to France and I can take an online course with a, you know, an instructor in France. If you want to do the same thing with music lessons, you want to learn flamenco, why not hook up with a teacher who teaches flamenco in Spain and a virtual platform that can help that? Yeah, okay, I get that totally. The the idea, I mean, face to face is awesome, and you know, it's it's a, you build great relationships face to face and all that kind of stuff. And there's a different energy, but you're absolutely right. The whole virtual thing does well. It opens up to world the world to a business, no matter where you are. And I find it quite interesting. I often reflect when I have these conversations about businesses that have pivoted as a result of COVID and found themselves using Zoom or going online. Um, just how many industries and businesses it's applicable to and those that aren't. And I've got a thought around what you've done with Rock Out Loud and how it could apply to other industries, which I want to cover later on, Mike. But first, just tell me, and I'm guessing the answer to this question is you probably didn't freak out too much, but how did you handle those first 24 hours once you realized COVID-19 is serious and its potential impact? Well, I knew it wasn't short term. And that was the way I thought about it. The first 24 hours, I said, you know, I, I can sink. So I sank probably two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000 in the development. And I was at my wits end saying, all right, do I continue with this? I just put in 650000 building a music school. And that 24 hours, I had to repivot and say, you know what, I got to complete this project. I pulled back even more engineers to work on the project, which is what I did. And then I put it in beta immediately. So for those of people, for those people who are listening now, Rock Out Loud Live is a virtual music lesson platform specifically made for music education and music educators. So if you're a music teacher where Zoom takes precedence on the video, Rock Out Loud Live takes precedence on the audio. So I wanted to make sure that all that was, was, was working properly and we had the proper tools to actually teach virtual music lessons with, with really good audio and the ability to pull up annotations, things that you don't get in any other platform, whether it's Zoom or FaceTime, Skype or WebEx. This was a platform specifically made for music educators, which is why I think it picked up so well. I mean, we just exploded when we launched on July 4th. So just just explain it for those, I mean, we can't see, this is, this is an audio interview. Just explain Rock Out Loud. So as you say, the value proposition is sort of twofold. It It's like Zoom, but the audio quality is infinitely better. And in fact, you've even gone to the trouble of creating a website called ikilledzoom.com to prove that, which you can talk about in a minute. The other value proposition um, of the Rock Out Loud platform, I'm thinking, Mike, is the fact that you can have on the screen during music lessons, um, and, and I'm no musician, let me tell you, I love music, but you've got chord sheets, you've got sheet music, you can have all that, the student can have all that in front of them that the teacher, wherever they are in the world, can just drag and, and put on the top of the screen. Is that essentially what Rock Out Loud's all about? 
Tim, you know more about my platform than most people. I don't even know if you're a musician. That's exactly right. Hey, Mike, I, I play an awesome air guitar, mate. I, I'll play a little bit at the end of this interview. So, you know, I do know a bit. So, yeah, that's spot on. So what we wanted to do is, so the problem is not the virtual lessons. The problem are the parents. That's the problem. The bottom line is, is the parents. Always, always the bloody parents. It's always, yeah, because this is what happens. You take a lesson. The, it's a virtual lesson is, is a great lesson. We provide a very, very good audio experience, the best that you could possibly find the lowest amount of latency and then at the end of that lesson you say you know what timbo i'm going to email mom and dad that lesson they're going to print it out give you that lesson and then you're going to practice the whole week and then we'll catch up and then we'll follow up next week but the problem was that that printer was broken and mom never printed it out it was caught in spam and the email well, they never forgot or they forgot to actually get that email to the child so by the end of that week, you get that dreaded phone call as a teacher and say, hey, you know, Mr. Reed, I'm sorry, but, you know, lessons just aren't working out virtually. So the problem was not the fact that the kid wasn't practicing. There was nothing to practice. So to your point, what you were saying earlier, you literally can upload sheet music and chord charts right into the lesson. And in real time, it shows up right there in front of your student on their computer or their mobile phone, and they get to download it. So as soon as they see it, they download it. And this is within milliseconds. So now it downloads to their smartphone or their computer or their laptop, their Chromebook, and they have it and they can literally practice by the end of that lesson. No more waiting for mom to print it out and reminding them to check the email. So all that was gone. And then there were tools like annotation. So Zoom offers you a little bit magic marker and some shapes, but that's not what teachers need. They need staves, they need um, treble clef, bass clef, they need chord charts, they need pianos. They wanna be able to teach scales and notes. They wanna notate, teach the circle of fifths. I don't think anybody at Zoom knows what the circle of fifths are. So at the end of the day, you have those tools where you can present them right there in the virtual terminal and your student can actually download that as well. Again, removing the whole parent from the equation. What I love about this, Mike, is that you've had the courage and clearly the finances. I think you mentioned you dropped 200 grand and maybe more on getting Rock Out Loud to market. I want to understand where that money went. Actually, it sounds like a lot of dough, but you've, you've had the courage to do this. Whereas, and, and, and I love the fact that as a result, your, your customer base has no ceiling now. I mean, you can be bringing in, it just doesn't matter. There is no, there is no limit to how many customers Rock Out Loud can have. Whereas with your music schools in New Jersey and New York, you know, you're limited by the size of the building and the amount of teachers you've got. So I think it's awesome, mate. Um, how did you validate the idea? And actually, how much money did you spend on actually developing the idea? So that's a great question. The, uh, I never thought that COVID-19 was going to ever be a thing two, three years ago. The reason why I wanted this was for a few reasons. The first is, well, if there's a snowstorm in the Northeast, in New York, we'd have two or three weeks, almost sometimes a month of snowstorms. And with hundreds of students, it was so difficult to make them up. So if the teachers were able to teach the students from home without worrying about going to the school, we wouldn't have to do makeup lessons anymore. That was the reason why I wanted to do it for, for that reason. The second reason is, is that I was no longer needing to look for people in a 10 or 20 mile radius to where my brick and mortar store was and I could branch out. So growing up, I was 10 years old and I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And my parents took me to a local guy who wanted to teach me Mary Had a Little Lamb. I wanted to learn how to play Led Zeppelin. Then I quit. And then after that, I wanted to learn Led Zeppelin. They brought me to this guy who played in church. And he said, when you get good enough, you can play 11 o'clock mass. I said, I want to play Led Zeppelin. And then when I was 15, I finally found that teacher. And I said, one day there's going to be a way that if I want to learn a certain style of music 
I don't have to be restricted to my, my neighborhood. And that's exactly what was the whole reason why I decided to build a platform like that. So to get out of that whole brick and mortar, um, 10 mile, 20 mile radius to find exactly what I'm looking for and connect with them with a great virtual experience. So I can hear the audio great, but be able to transpose and transport music real time, which is what, what we did. Now, Mike, just back on the 11 o'clock mass thing uh, and Led Zeppelin, I hope you didn't say no to 11 o'clock mass because you could have played Stairway to Heaven and that would have resolved <laughs> all issues. Thank you very much for that. Um, now, tell me, um, the idea to me, I look at this idea and I go, it's a no-brainer. In fact, I actually a question here, why wasn't there a dedicated platform for music teachers previously? I mean, it just seems like an absolute no-brainer. Did you validate it beyond a gut feeling uh, and go and test it, go and ask people whose opinions are respected? How did you How did you actually cross the line in your mind to say, I'm doing this, I'm going to drop a whole lot of dough and it's going to be a new direction for my music school business? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I did was I put this in beta and I'm in a lot of these Facebook groups like Danny Thompson's and Dave Simon's and all of these folks have tremendous following. So what I did was put it out there and beta tested it because I knew what I wanted. I thought it was really important to have those PDF uploads. And somebody said, well, you know, you really got to work on annotation. So I added that. So I got feedback from, I want to say three or four countries, people in different countries or teachers in different countries who I've really communicated with in these forums. And after seven weeks, I got all that feedback. And, you know, like, for example, I think it was uh, Danny Thompson said, I want to be able to teach guitar and bass, drums and voice without switching rooms. Can you do that? And we took it back to development and uh, $25,000 later, we could, you know, money can't buy you happiness, but it could buy you the ability to switch rooms without signing off <laughs> of your lesson platform. Because we give you two different licenses as a single license. We also have the free version, but as a single license. So if you teach piano, you get a piano room. You do piano song searches, you pull up piano music. But if you teach multiple instruments, you can get guitar, ukulele, bass, piano, drums. You can switch between rooms and each room also carries over the song searches. So if you're, you know, teaching guitar, you can do a song search for a guitar and pull up guitar music, bass, bass music, drums, drum music, piano, piano music. So Danny had said, without logging off, can you do that? And we did. Okay. So you validated it by talking to a whole lot of people who, whose opinion you respected. And I guess you take on what they are, they suggest some ideas are no good, some ideas are really good, and you end up with an end product. How do you then go about getting it built, Mike? Because I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't think you're a tech guy by trade. You're a music teacher and probably a muso. And therefore, and I'm pigeonholing you now, so feel free to have a crack at me uh, once I finish, but you are a creative person by trade, yet you are now, a, you are a software developer and you have built um, a significant piece of software, which I, I reckon there is there is very big upside. So how how did you go about finding someone or a team to build this and again you might maybe you're avoiding the question you're doing a donald trump on me or or you're going to get to it but but how much did it cost you well let's go back then uh 22 23 years ago when my wife proposed to me and i had to become you know a, a person where we had to have a real job I had to get a real job. I got into technology. So I ended up getting certified with Microsoft and Cisco and SQL uh, and, and Microsoft and, and Cisco and so on. And I became this system engineer. Um, my actual real job for the past 22 years and with COVID, I've been working from home while doing this is I'm a chief technology officer. I'm, a, I'm also a certified ethical hacker. And I'm licensed by that as well. So I've been doing that for about five or six years as a certified ethical hacker. My chief technology job, I've been 
chief technology officer now for about nine years. Uh, and these are for, for financial institutions on Park Avenue, New York. So I've accumulated, you know, the bonuses come in as, you know, you are, have bonuses in on the Park Avenue side, the finance, and I've saved every single one of them. And I put that in towards development and building up my music school. And that's what basically has been paying it and paying it and paying it all this time. Ah, okay. So you are a, you're actually a tech by trade and a muso by hobby. I had you the other way around. Very, very interesting. No, that's not no. true. I, 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 I've had my music schools for the same amount of time as I've had my actual tech job. But I, I am a full-blown music guy. I mean, that was, I wanted to be the next Jimmy Page. You know, I've, I'm, I have iTunes and albums out. I've toured. I was actually a, a session guy for Electric Ladyland Studios, Jimi Hendrix Studio, uh, up until my wife proposed to me. So I was, yeah, I was doing, you know, session work there. That was my full-time gig as a professional musician. Huh. The, the boss the boss is from your neck of the woods, isn't he? He is, he is, as well as Bon Jovi. Oh, hello. You've got a little Bon Jovi and uh, Springsteen about you. You know, there's something there's something there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, um, in terms of getting it built, I am fascinated here because, again, these are, these are like, it's all very well to have an idea, you know. There's many ideas, no shortage of ideas. What do they say? A good idea has a, f- a thousand fathers and a bad idea is an orphan. How did you actually find a team? Did you get onto the, one of these outsourcing sites and find a team in Slovakia or how did you get this thing built? <laughs> well, not quite. I mean, as a chief technology officer, we deal with a lot of developers and programmers and, you know, you come across them and the, the good ones you you, sent, you tend to just navigate towards and, and that will gravitate towards rather. And that's what I did. I actually hung around these guys and these were folks that I met over the course of my 20 years being in IT. And, you know, you become friendly with them and then you give them ideas and then they want to, you know, just give it a shot and try it. And they did. And it builds from there. And then, you know, as you grow, you have to extend your team so then you go into you know different um different companies that i have resources with and i ask them if they have more developers and it just grows that way tim so mike you launched rock out loud as COVID hit uh so what are we in we're in october so it's about six months old just give us a sense of where it is because you've had some astronomic growth very quickly just uh, share some numbers. Yeah, so uh, July 4th, we launched, and you know, we got out of beta, we launched July 4th. Um, We're in almost 3,000 different music schools in 95 countries. It's amazing because Google Analytics lights up. And when I look at it, it's like I'm in China and I, I can't believe we're in China. You know, I don't even think Zoom is in China, but um, we're in China now. So between 95 countries, we're hosting about 25 to 30,000 lessons every single week. So you think about that. I mean, if you do the math, if you have, you know, a few thousand uh, teachers and each teacher teaches five to 10 kids a day, I mean, it's a significant amount of people. And we have been scaling every single week. It's like every weekend we're pushing out more service. Every weekend it's more service. We're growing so fast that it's just, it's a little bit difficult to keep up. There's some growing pains, um, like any other business, but we're getting there. What did tell me growing pains, mainly technical? Uh, is the thing crashing or what, what's your main growing pain and how are you handling it? Yeah. So we launched the whiteboard. So the whiteboard has never been done. Like a musical annotated whiteboard has not been done. And we launched that and, uh, just we didn't realize there were so many people waiting for this because annotating on a PDF document is very popular with musicians. So when we lost it, we, 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 
we launched it, we, you know, it was an influx of people who were signing up and registering because you have to have a paid account to use annotations with our software. So once we launched that, so then, yeah, there were a couple of times that people went to their rooms and weren't available. And then we had a scale and then launched again with the, the next day came and it was the same thing more. So we launched another set of service. So we're literally scaling every single week to keep up with it. And eventually it'll all level out. You launched July. So it's actually less than six months, July, August, September, October, four months, Yeah, 3,000 music schools, 25 to 30,000 lessons a week in 95 countries. How, how did you, how do people find out about this? Did you have a massive list of every bloody music school in the world or did you do some crazy uh, Google AdWord campaign? Yeah, how do people find out and sign up so quickly? That's a great question. Would you believe I'm huge in Australia? I'm huge in Australia. Tim Topham from Top Music, he is huge in Australia. And I would say that being on his podcast was one of the biggest things that could have possibly happened because he reaches the entire universe. Everybody knows who Tim Topham from Top Music is. So I went on to his podcast and um, we became really close friends. We connected, we played. And the audio quality with Rock Out Loud Live is so much better than Zoom that as soon as you hear it, if you go to ikillthezoom.com, there is an A-B test of me doing it, and he didn't believe it. So what we did was we connected. We actually did the same exact demonstration, and he was shocked. And he said, we got to get you on the show. And as soon as he did, that just took off. And then starting an affiliate program was huge. I mean, I don't know if, if a lot of people... Um, on, on your podcast, speak much about it. I know that they do talk about marketing. The affiliate affiliate programs are, are really, really big. But what I wanted to do was I went a step further and said, you know what, instead of giving you 10% or 15 or 20, I'm going to give my affiliates 30% and the lifetime of the membership. So if you do the math and if they get a thousand people in, you're getting 30% and it's a lifetime of a membership. And let's say the membership is five, 10, 20 years or whatever that is, or you get a school. So I wanted to be really super generous with that. And I think that's what gave people the initiative to say, you know what, I got to go out there and help Mike market it. Not only is it a great tool, not only is it helping tons of musicians and teachers and students, but I think this could be something that can help them too as well when it comes to advertising for me. So a couple of really good lessons here for anyone listening who wants to build, grow a business quickly. I mean, getting on podcasts, I mean, I've, I've rattled on about this for a long time. Clearly I'm biased being a podcaster, but podcasting A is just such a growing medium. Every day we're seeing the numbers increase and I'm constantly encouraging my listeners to go and get on other podcasts. Um, clearly, you identified one in Australia um, that got you a whole lot of uh, traction very quickly. It's just a smart thing to do. Um, have you, if you found yourself, is, is it an ongoing strategy of yours, Mike, to get on interviews on other podcasts? It is. But I think the key to getting on a podcast is, so if, if for those folks who are listening to this, who are starting a business or beginning to start a business is to leave little like breadcrumbs as you walk by. So I could go onto a blog or join a Facebook forum and, and have people really understand what you do and, and show that you're, you're, you know the space, show that you have knowledge in the space. And then before you know it, people will hear you and say, you know what, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then they start to follow you and you build a reputation. 
And I think that was really important because when I got to the Tim Toppins podcast, um, people knew me. People knew me from all the forums and I would just, you know, contribute. People saw me build my school. Building out a $650,000 school over four months was documented on Instagram every single day. And people were following me. They were getting ideas. So I, I developed a big sense of credibility. You know, as Steve Jobs says, you look back and you connect all the dots. That's probably what got me to get to a Tim Topham. So those people who are just starting out, build credibility in your space because that's important to getting onto podcasts. Couldn't agree more, building credibility. And, you know, in today's world, the marketing landscape favors the small business owner and gives us such a great opportunity to become opinion leaders in our niche. And you can define that niche however you want, geographically, by industry, whatever you want to. It doesn't have to be a huge niche, but... You know, getting on podcasts, having your own podcast, publishing a book, having a YouTube channel, being prolific on a particular social media channel, just one of those things can go such a long way to helping you become an opinion leader. So, Mike, you got on that podcast of Tim Topman's, awesome. You then mentioned an affiliate program, which you've then got basically a sales force out there who you're paying 30% to uh, ongoing. That's fantastic as well. But how did you promote the affiliate program? How are people finding out about it? So that, that wasn't even really something I promoted. It was the strangest thing. As soon as people listened to the way Rock Out Loud Live sounds and they knew that it was going to be something if they brought to their community that they were going to love it, it was a no-brainer for them. So they basically all came after me. I think Tim was the very first person I set up. And then after that, there's another dozen people that literally came knocking at my door. They didn't even know what the incentives were with the 30% lifetime of the membership. They had no idea. And then when they found that out, they started pushing me even more. So I didn't want to be greedy. I was keeping it real simple. And just, it, they came to me. I didn't go and, and promote this at all. What's been the hardest part of building out Rock Out Loud? The scaling. I. Timbo, I, I, to be thrown in to so many people so quickly, like this is a dream come true. And to be able to scale on the fly, it's not easy. You need tons of money and tons of developers and literally eyes on this 24 seven. But on forget about just keeping it afloat. It's every single day I'm thinking, how can I make this better? I think mean, that's super important. If I sit down and say, all right, I'm done, then that, that's it. I'm going to stay with my 500, 600, 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is. I'll just stay there. But you have to keep building this out and listen to what those people really ask. One of the big key uh, selling points was as we started to grow in the thousands, I decided to offer my paid subscribers live telephone support in the US, which are my actual music teachers who were using this since inception. So they have, I think it's eight hours or seven hours a day, every day, Monday through Friday and Saturday, live tech support, and we'll onboard you. If you're a paid subscriber and you wanna be onboarded, Great. You can call us up 15 minutes before your lesson. We can pretend that we're the student, you're the teacher, and we'll onboard you. And if you go to ikilledzoom.com, I will give you a personal free demo for 30 minutes of the entire application. I'll walk you right through it. So you, you'd be as comfortable as possible. How do you set up that customer support again so quickly? Because at, at what do you got? 3,000 music schools with 25 to 30,000 lessons a week. There must be a huge pressure on customer service. So you've set up a phone number, paid members, paid music teachers can call that. How did you do that? Did you set, did you go again? Is, is that something based in the Philippines or India or is it local? Yeah, by brick and mortar music school, schools pick that up because now their ability to pick up the phone 
even when they're not teaching. So they're getting paid kind of twice, right? So they're getting paid to be there and some office managers now pick up and we have all the teachers they'll pick up. So I have, I want to say between 17 and 20 music coaches all using this platform. So you're going to get one of us picking up at any given time and we're going to know exactly how that platform is supposed to behave. We all have the user guides because we kind of wrote them together. We all know how they, you know, what works and what doesn't work, how to fix it, whatever that is. So yeah, having the staff has been great with the two brick and mortar schools because it's supporting us now. Isn't that a pain in the ass for your 17 music teachers who have come to you to be employed as music teachers and now they're being asked to sort of be customer service support people? Awesome if they're happy to do it, but did you get any kickback? You know, I got uh, the majority of them doing it and uh, they don't really have much of a problem with it because um, the phone doesn't ring that much. I wouldn't say that there's hundreds of people calling a day. We might get anywhere between 15 and and 30 people either calling us or hitting us up on the chat. We have a live chat. We also have the Facebook group. So it's not that many calls that we're getting. I could imagine that we're at 100,000. We're going to have to hire staff at that point. But I think we should be good for where we are right now. I love the iKilledZoom.com page, which is where you demonstrate the audio quality of Rock Out Loud versus Zoom. Why didn't you just integrate that demonstration into Rock Out Loud Live? I wanted something that was going to grab the attention really, really quick. So I didn't want to associate I Killed Zoom because then it's now a product of Zoom and I didn't want them to associate it with it. But I think by doing that and really pushing and promoting the heck out of it, which is what I did, um, I'm not sure if you know about it, but Zoom, very, very soon after I launched this really big I Killed Zoom campaign, came back and said, we're now going to focus on the music teachers and we're going to upgrade the audio of our platform wow. and i can't think that this little guy from brooklyn was the guy that got those big guys at zoom like david and goliath but who knows maybe maybe it was the stone that hit him but i i think that that was more of a um a marketing ploy the i killed zoom i didn't want to associate it with rock out loud live but get people to say what's this and then bring you it's like almost like a funnel i used it as so that is I mean, okay you could look at that in two ways that is a massive threat if zoom go, okay, yeah, our audio quality has been poor, we're going to up it and we're going to be better than Rock Out Loud going forward. That's a big threat to you. On the other hand, if I were you, I'd probably go, I think I'm okay because you have a niche and this is the power of a niche, you know, where like if I'm a music teacher, you know, and I've got a choice of Zoom versus Rock Out Loud, I think I'm going to go for Rock Out Loud because you're my people. That's exactly right. Not to mention that every child who's going to school right now associates Zoom with their education (laughs) and they don't even want to be in school. So it's like, would you rather say, are you ready to rock out loud and play some piano? Or would you say, hey, let's do a Zoom call and do a voice lesson? Yeah, got it. I can't do, I can't connect with that. So yeah, I, that's what, I, we are a niche market and you know, the annotate, going right back to the annotations, we made it specifically for music lessons, not for board meetings. People see yeah. that immediately. Somebody said, you know what, there was something wrong with the annotations. I think you got one of the notes wrong. I fixed it in two days. You open up a trouble ticket in Zoom, four months later they get back and say, hey, about that trouble ticket, you still having a problem? Because if not, maybe we can close it. That's what you get with Zoom, but now we have live phone support. So I don't think Zoom can keep up with that little niche because they'd have to hire a lot of people. What are your challenges going forward, Mike, as this thing scales and continues to scale exponentially, I hope for your sake, is is the ability to provide that quick turnaround customer service. But again, you know, that's a growing pain that I'm sure you'll handle. Mike, have you had uh, venture capitalists or anyone wanting to buy the business yet? 
Yes, would you believe I do these demos? I just to put this at scale on July 6th, because July 4th was a Saturday. I started doing demos on July 6th. I do up to 22 demos a day, 30 minutes a day. So between 12 and 14 hours a day, I do live demos personally. And then after hours, when my developers are back in, and back in play, um, we go back and do developing. I sleep very little, but I've been doing this every single day since inception. So I've been, you know, just the onboarding and, and all that other good stuff. So I think that's super important to keep up with that. And as people are reaching out and they're booking these demos, I'm just giving them, you know, every, I think the customer experiences, I keep going back to that is super important. And by providing them that. But tell me, uh, so who's knocked on your door and offered you dough? There, there has been. There was a private equity firm that booked the demo. Oh, okay. And they sat there and they're like, um, we don't care about your music platform. We care about buying the music platform. So it was the strict, because I, like I said, when you do 22 a day, I was doing hundreds a week. You get this person and uh, I didn't know who it was. And it looked strange because it was a firm. It was a private equity firm in New York City. And uh, they looked at the uh, profile. They followed everything I was doing. They saw my LinkedIn account. They went on and they registered for an account. One of them happened to be a guitar player. They used the account. And coincidentally, they said, we want to offer you uh, some money for it. So I, 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 abs I said, absolutely not. That'll happen more and more as, as it gets bigger and bigger. What, what's with the live onboarding that you do? Is, is, well, is that best use of your time? Clearly, it's a lovely thing to offer. And, you know, the boss, the owner of this business is onboarding me and I feel loved. And how can I not sign on? I get that. But boy, oh boy, what's the opportunity cost of 30 minutes of your time onboarding one person versus all the other things you could be doing? You know, that's a great question. Um, I, I think when you put a face to the company, people who have not been able to reach Zoom for customer support, um, that leaves a bad taste in their mouth. I've also give people email updates every single time their credit card is going to be renewed. And people get back to me personally, personally and say, you know, that shows how honest you are. You know, when I see you, I see how passionate you are. When I ask you about how to fix something, you're able to fix it, even if it's not in your wheelhouse. I, I listen, I could be the guy sitting behind the desk and there were some mentors that said, hey, you're the president, you're the CEO, you should not be doing these demos. But I got to think that was the reason why I exploded. It was because a couple of people said, this guy knows what he's doing. He's got, you know, all this technical background. Background. He's also a musician. He knows what we're going through and I connect. And I think when people saw me on Tim Topham and they, they saw me on all these other podcasts, I think things like that really connect. Um, I don't know how much longer I could do this as we span and grow, but um, I think it's great for people to connect with me like that to see, you know, this is the real deal. I'm doing this for them. Mike, um, I can see this working for other industries. You now have a piece of technology, which I'm guessing you could white label and quite easily set uh, this up for the coaching industry, for art teachers, even for accountants. Um, have, you, have you considered that kind of taking it down that path? Yeah, I have one of these teachers that booked a demo and they said, I do use this for the guitar, but I'm using this now for my medical field. And I said, what are you talking about? He's uploading these PDF prescriptions and the, the person at the other end, the patient, is able to download them on the phone, go to the pharmacy and just show them the phone, and there's the prescription right there. So it's, it's literally the doctor's signature, everything's there on the phone. Uh, so that's a doctor now who's using it, not even for guitar lessons. Um, I have a guy who called me up, he does, he does Bible study. 
when I said Bible study, and this is rock out loud. He said, you made it so easy. You don't have to register for an account if you're a student. There's no activation codes and personal information. You just hit, you know, you put your name in and you join. That's it. And we made it simple like that for the students. So what he did was he's a preacher. He's in his late 70s. And he's got a lot of people who are in their 70s and 80s can't use technology so well. He uploads all the scripture right there. And then they... The people who he's preaching to are able to download it without having any problems. They don't have to you know, check their emails and print it out. It's right there on their phones and their computers. So, yeah, I mean, accountants, absolutely. Attorneys are using this now to show you know, legal documents right there. And the, the person can download them, sign them, and then send them right back. So, yeah, there are a lot of reasons, which is why I patented this particular technology. So are you actually then going to package it differently for each of those industries going forward, do you think? Or are you just going to leave it so that if an attorney wants to buy Rock Out Loud and run his or her virtual business through it, then they'll just do it through the same platform. Well, that's it. I'd rather just stick to my niche right now. I think yeah, I'm going to yeah, stick yeah. in my, I'm going to stay in my wheelhouse. This is where I think this is, this is my, my passion too. So maybe, you know, in five years from now, but I want to see this through as to being the, the go-to. I want to be the zoom of the rock and roll or even the music world where people use rock out loud live. They call roll or they roll with it. They say, I, I want that to be associated with online virtual music lessons. Cause it's just going to get bigger from here on in. I think more and more people are going to use this whether it's for makeup lessons or if it's for snow days or if it's if the COVID-19 epidemic comes back again, it may be next year or even this this year with the flu season. Who knows? Mike, it's a great story. Uh, I'm really excited for you. It's really lovely to speak, not only speak to a long-time listener in my podcast, but one who is completely passionate about something they've created. I don't think you're sleeping a lot. I don't know you, mate, but I'm guessing you're operating on two, three, four hours a day, a night. Um, what do you do to sort of keep things real? You've got a lovely wife, obviously, who cares a lot about you, is probably very supportive, but how are you sort of maintaining a bit of, I'm not going to say work-life balance, but maybe a bit of work-life blend? I think my wife realizes, because we put, you know, three kids through school and, um, you know, she's now saying it's your turn. And she completely understands that this is my passion. I also got into technology to get that real job so we can get married and have a house and the cars. And I think she says, you know what, Mike, this is your turn. Do what you got to do. I support you wholeheartedly. And she's done that with me our entire marriage. It's been, you know, 22 years. With 23 years, we're married. So um, she sees it's now it's my turn. Beautiful. Well, listen, uh, thank you for reaching out. Well done for reaching out and getting on this podcast. Um, I'm sure there's many other Australian podcasts you can get on. And like you said, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty big in Australia. For everyone listening who wants to try Mike's platform, whether you are a music teacher, you might be a coach, you might be an art teacher, whatever it is, I encourage you to give it a trial. You can get a seven day free trial if you go to rockoutloud.live forward slash Timbo, and Mike will give you a seven-day trial. Try it out. If you love it, um, we'd love to know about it as well and uh, keep uh, keep building what – or keep helping Mike build this beautiful empire that he's on to. Mike, uh, Mike Grande, well done, mate. Tim, I want to honor you too. I, I've been listening to you for so long. This is almost like a dream. This is a dream for me. I, I've gotten so much. And you know, to the people who listen to your podcast, you have no idea how many of the ideas that I got for branching out and building this. And just that one thing, that consultation, the consultant demo thing, that was come up from your podcast. You had a guy who was in the service not that long ago. He said he doesn't answer phones and give them responses or emails. He says, you have to book a, you know, 
book a consultation. And that's exactly what I did. And I really feel that that's the reason why I blew up so quickly. So people who are out there, listen to Tim's podcast. He's got over 500 and it is G-O-L-D dripping from the <laughs> ceilings. And he's damn serious. I ask, I really believe that. It's dripping from the ceilings. Awesome, buddy. Give me your bank details and I'll put that thousand bucks in immediately. I didn't think you'd go that far, but I'm absolutely honoured. <laughs> Mike Grande, rockoutloud.live forward slash Timbo is where you'll find him and uh mike let's go and do a bit of air guitar now buddy all right come on i can't that, i'm still too old to do jimmy page even jimmy page is too old to jimmy page to jimmy page <laughs> uh good on you brother <laughs> i do love a bit of air guitar could you pick the tune i was playing no it wasn't dire straits i know it sounded like a dire straits riff it was pink floyd's wish you were here <laughs> I wish I could play that. I just wish I could play an instrument. Now, seriously, if you're a music teacher, be sure to give Rock Out Loud a go. And if you go to rockoutloud.live forward slash Timbo, you uh, won't get a discount, but you will get a one-on-one with Mike, which is a very generous offer. I know he's offering that already, but that's going to become less and less. But he will do it if you use that link. All right. Here's my top three attention grabbers from that very interesting chat with Mike Grande. What a great surname. Attention grabber number one. I love the fact that Mike decided not to use Zoom, but instead double down or triple down or quadruple down on creating his own virtual teaching platform. Such a great idea and a whole new business for him. Could you hear the excitement in his voice? What a passionate guy. Attention grabber number two. I thought Mike's live one-on-one onboarding with new users was really admirable, but not realistic going forward. You know, that's, you know, opportunity cost. Where is his time best spent? But I like the idea that he's doing it and getting to know his customers and prospects one-on-one. Attention grabber number three... I love how Mike has built instant credibility and awareness by getting an interview on a popular podcast for music teachers in all places in Australia. It's a great idea. I'm just going to keep banging on over the next few years and keep telling you to get interviews on media, on podcasts, on YouTube channels, on blogs, social media, whatever. Get your name out there. That's what caught my attention. I would love to know what caught yours or maybe... You've made a successful pivot during these COVID-infected times. I'd love to hear about it. Give the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline a buzz on 0480 015 150 and let me know. And like I said, don't worry, I'm not going to pick the phone up. It's a recorded message and you leave me a message. 0480 015 150. Come on down. It's Tim. Yes, indeedly, doodly. It is time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious marketing action. Not just for listening to this podcast, but for actually implementing an idea from it. Today's winner is Batik Builder Michael Pinter of lineaconstructions.com.au. Michael writes, Hey Timbo, I have made huge changes and implemented a great many things you've covered. The biggest change and what seemed the most counterintuitive at the time was to niche. Going from a general builder that took on any type of work to now being design and construct only on residential builds. As Seth Godden said in your interview with him, Timbo, 
And I quote, there is not one business that has succeeded appealing to everyone. Mass is completely dead. And Seth goes on to say the most successful reach a couple of percentage points. We need to matter. And it's surprising how few people we need to matter to. End quote from Seth. That was an awesome quote and pretty impressive interview with Seth Godin. I would recommend you go back into the catalogue and listen to it. Mike goes on to say, also last year we produced a video segment that was seen on national TV. I then took a lead from Jeff Anderson's interview with you from Sonic Sight and sought partnership channels. Now, this is really interesting. Mike says he optimised the potential marketing of this TV segment by contacting national suppliers that have huge profiles for some of the key products used in the project. Knowing what I know now, it's apparent these companies are hungry for content themselves. That's so true. Companies, media, we all want content. So be the provider of that and you'll position yourself well. Mike goes on to say, these companies have been more than willing to place this on their Insta profile, YouTube channel, Linktree accounts, as well as featuring in their gallery on their website with backlinks. That's gold. With some gentle persuasion and the offer of some copy, I convinced the other national supplier to dedicate a case study on their website, which included my video. Not only have the backlinks provided uh, great search results for uh, for my website, but having my work positioned on these huge platforms helps to portray our business with credibility and a trusted authority in this space. It helps with creating additional touch points for our possible audience. Mike, that's genius, mate. Well done. Michael Pinter, linearconstructions.com.au. You have one for going to that trouble, a full range of lies, non-alcoholic spirits, vouchers to use at Sendal and Tradies. You've got promotion on this show and a backlink in the show notes. Everyone else, seriously, email me, tim at timreed, reid.com.au, or call me, 0480-015-150. Tell me one idea you've, entered, uh, you've implemented from listening to this show. If I read it on air, you win! Now, whilst we're on the topic of amazing pivots during these crazy times, next episode, we catch up with one of Australia's leading stage builders. We're talking stages for the opening of the Commonwealth Games, Robbie Williams concerts, and the list goes on. Whose COVID-forced pivot has led to a business he and his wife absolutely love. It's a great story. Hey, if you'd like to keep the conversation going, be sure to join the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook. There's over 700 members sharing ideas and pushing each other every day. If you've got something to tell me, call the Small Business Big Marketing hotline, 0480015150. If you're picking up what I'm putting down over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ, you'll find 525 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app. Now, let other business owners know about this show because you will be doing them a favour, I hope, which is presented by me, Timbo Reid, and gently caressed together by a pod of audiocrats over at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.